and this brings us to the point, I will go back to my patient Please. in a moment, but it brings us to the point that awareness of movement, whether you want to call it Feldenkrais or not, whether you want to put it under another name, aware of mo awareness of movement, the aesthetic perception of movement is key to effective and efficient control of that movement. If you do not have that, you will be a clumsy and uh, ineffective and definitely inefficient. You might be effective, but you will be inefficient in the use of your resources. And that will shorten the time and the, the, the tissue uh, longevity that you have access to. So it's really important that people are paying attention to uh, remind themselves of the perception, how it feels to move well. It's not enough to just get strong and move and blow right. out any resistance to any warning signs that your body gives you that this is not good by just doing more reps. You really have a chance to instill in the person a daily um, or three times a week uh, chance to refine their movement pattern or to restore something that they are unaware that they are doing or may, you know, you can go out dancing. You dance, you slide or slip, or the shoes you're wearing were not ideal for what you're doing. And that pain and the compensation from that kicks off and starts seeping into the way you move. It gets better, but you're not quite back to where you were. Mm -hmm. You don't know it. I was just going to say, and you have to be aware of That's this. right. And you do not remediate it by doing any correcting, uh, correctional exercise or movement strategy. So if you could give these people some way of going back and uh, cleaning up compensation, then it would be best. They are independent. They become aware. You check in with them. They do these. And they start to feel slowly that they are in command of their bodies again. Many times I find patients feel that they are dismembered. Nothing is linked to the other part. So everything is an effort. Mm. And that kind of effort is detrimental to good movement and longevity. When you don't feel the connection of your uh, chains into your body when you move, that is a problem. It doesn't mean you have to be horribly aware of every movement, but when called upon to feel something, you should be able to feel it and appreciate the, the, the links within that system that work for you. Otherwise, you are lost. So that's, that's, that's an aside. So yeah. anyway... Um, in terms of treatment, the, the gentleman with the snapping hip has, um, we rule out the spine, we look at the muscle length. If the problem is one of tone, you treat tone. You normalize the tone of the hip flexors. 
in whatever if, you know in whatever you, your you favorite can use whatever treat. technique you like yeah if if it is one of length then you must lengthen it actively you can passively stretch it but you must uh, lengthen it through reciprocal activity so that the uh, agonists the antagonists can reassert their uh, their balance the equilibrium between the muscles and allow for good centration of the joint and therefore restore uh, tone to the hip flexors. On the other hand, if you have a contracture, then you'll have to do all of the above because you'll have to stretch it, you'll have to retrain it, um, you will have to retrain it in a range that it normally does not go to so that you have to then um, uh, train it in its uh, eccentric function and not only that you'll have to train it where the the leg is fixed and you move the spine on the hip so that you reverse the direction of muscle pull with the psoas um, um, with the leg uh, fixed, fixed and the, yeah. yes and then the torso moves away under eccentric function so and dns refers to things. this as differentiation of the limbs that's or right. differentiated muscle function that's right and the other thing that is interesting is that when you train the psoas muscles and you train the abductors so you have a lot of abduction and flexion and so on well guess what the adductors who also aid in flexion extension don't are not able to assert their role and balance the muscles uh, assist as synergists and therefore the iliopsoas complex can become hyperactive so there is a need to make sure that the adductors do their work in lowering the leg in eccentric function as much as the other hip flexors do. They are important hip flexors and extensors, and they are to be used as such. So there is not only the treatment of the psoas muscle, but the restoration of synergies around the low extremity that help to make uh, this treatment more permanent. Otherwise, you have a one-trick pony, and you have to keep on stretching and stretching the psoas and making sure that the clicking does not come back, and so on and so forth. But if you can train the, the hip adductors as part of the uh, eccentric function of lowering the leg, then they in turn stabilize the, the femoral acetabular complex. They allow the psoas to be more relaxed and it stops uh, being um, um, yeah. tweaked by the fact that the Iliacus is underneath the tendon that has too much tension and therefore um, is um, plucked by its own tension when the Iliacus moves out of the way. So I thought that was an interesting um, observation because again, these, um, these syndromes are not in themselves primary diagnoses. There are a bunch right. of symptoms that start to lead you to look for system failure or subsystem failures. So each syndrome is an, is an, is an invitation 
to look further rather than to go up. Oh, this is where I'm going to start the treatment. Just like yeah. epicondylitis yeah. will have several causes and rubbing the lateral epicondyle until it dissolves is not really a great treatment. <laughs> until it dissolves. Yeah. I mean, you know my brother, every time I see my brother, he's a big golfer. He's all, I mean, regardless of season, he's either inside in a, in a simulator at a range golfing in the summer and it's just chronic golfer's elbow. And every time I see him, he just essentially wants me to rub it for him. So every dinner, lunch, it's the last 10 minutes of the dinner is just me rubbing it. And obviously he's heard the concept of, well, Michael, this is not really an elbow issue. This is not going to cure the problem, but mm -hmm. it's irrelevant to him. It's I'm going to yeah. rub this for you for the next 10 minutes. That's right. <laughs> and for some of our patients, that is what they want. And well, yeah, no, that, yeah. So you, always and, and, and sometimes to... you do, it's not that we're saying you don't, shouldn't have to, shouldn't rub this for the, for a patient, but we all understand that that's not the essential cure because right. the epicondylitis, as you pointed out, is not the in and of itself the primary driver of the it loss of function. It is. Once yeah. in a while, it is the cigar. But that is, you usually will then have a clear-cut cause. It will, you know, the patient says, I did this and I knew I overloaded it and that yeah. was when it happened and now I have pain. That's very straightforward, but that is not often what you see. But as I said, you know, sometimes your goal and the patient's goal do not align because they have neither the time nor the motivation for it, and we have to come to some kind of agreement. But I think that that is a whole other issue. That's if you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more like it, then please like this video and subscribe to our channel. You can also stay up to date on our latest seminars on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, at IMTR Seminars.